thoughts, ideas, people, caravan maintenance, trundle beds. What's that plastic thing doing down there? Shut up, Renee. Quiche. Niche. Niche's quiche. Simmons. Hang on a minute, what's going on there? Is that it? Sounds like it's working, doesn't it? Remember in the morning, you can gamble on a yassi, there's a million ways to play. Play it with your grandma every night and every day. Play it to win or just play it straight. With three of a kind, you can play it on a date. Just take your chances and you'll be a nice night. You can gamble on a yassi. Take your own You can gamble on a yassi. I don't know why. Good morning. Good morning. Even if it's not, um, the, it's not the morning and you're just, you know, listening to this, it's my morning. So I'm saying good morning to you. I hope you've had a really good time lately and good things been happening for you. Good morning. I think it's been a while between podcasts. It might've gone almost two weeks, which is bad. I don't know how I let that happen. Life has really got in the way. Um, <clears throat> oh, big, big old swimmy this morning. Sheesh, it was cold. Wowie woo it's now 5.20 in the morning um, where I am in Sydney, Australia. And I set my alarm for 3.30 and then I was like, nah. And then I um, had my little proxy one ready to go at four and then that was it. I needed to get up and do a wee. And I was like, that's okay, that's it, you're up. Let's do it. So I drove down to Marubra. I wonder where that name comes from, Marubra. It does sound very Australian. I, I don't think it is Indigenous. Then again, I've never heard of Michael Marubra. Um, anyway, uh, drove down there, jumped on the jumped in the ocean pool, and um, yeah, it was. I, yeah, I was bracing myself against the cold because it was freezing when I got out. The water was still a little bit warm. It was lovely. Um, there was a scum on top of the. It's it's pitch black when I'm jumping in though, and I know one morning I am going to jump in. And there's going to be, uh, what do you call them, blue bottles. And I'm going to get all stingy. And I, because uh, on my first dive in, I inhale as much um, salt water through my nostrils to flush out my sinuses, um, which they don't sound that clear at the moment, I think, because maybe I've got a little tiny krill. There's a little krill up there, a little squid, um, or an oyster. Um, anyway, so, I, but then I noticed there was, uh, yeah, a bit of scum on top. But I think that was just from, the rough seas overnight. I'm hoping there's not an effluent outlet around there, but I'm sure that wouldn't, you know, it doesn't matter, who cares? Shouldn't we We all be eating more poo, making our children eat more poos anyway, you know, to get the, their virulent germs up? Like koalas will, um, oh yeah, that's that stuff in the birth canal. I heard a really interesting thing today. So um, babies that go through a vaginal birth, uh, there's a whole lot of like bacteria and wisteria well, that's a plant, but um, bacteria and stuff that the baby will take into their immune system, and it's really important. So cesarean births are more prone to getting sick. Apparently this is a thing. I mean, I could be making this all up, but I'm pretty sure it's a thing. But I do know that koalas, um, they the babies have to eat the pap, which is the mother's poo, to, um, I guess, to grow the enzyme inside the baby koala so they can break down eucalyptus. Jesus Christ, I'm awake, aren't I? Whew. Um, anyway, I hope you've been well. I'm very sorry if uh, you have been waiting for the podcast and just thinking, what a lazy guy. It just has escaped me. 
things have got in the way. Kids soccer, life. I've done, I'm doing this weird job, um, which I'll tell you more about later when it's all kind of happening. Uh, nothing fantastic. It's you know, it's just me writing on this show, but I'm I'm kind of really enjoying it, putting my help, my head elsewhere, outside of my own navel gazing. Um, yeah, it's, it's and it's nice just going into an office and speaking to different people because it's it is like I've said before, this is a really lonely pursuit is being a a solo stand up clown. Um, by the way, I did have a clown staying at my house for five days. It was wonderful. He's a dear friend of mine. His name's Phil Burgers. He is an internationally renowned. I mean, he's he's an amazing guy. He's uh, he's known as Doctor Brown. Now, if you know, you know. If you don't know who Dr. Brown is, it, it, he's going to sound like a very annoying thing. He is a Southern Californian, um, Gaulier-trained French clown. And I don't I don't go for people who... People who go do comedy courses, and if you're listening to this, I don't want to make fun of you, but yeah, I don't know, you've you, you, you got funny bones or you don't have funny bones, okay? I don't think you can go off to school and learn it. But he is a Gaulier-trained tra- French clown. And this, this guy, Gaulier, Philippe Gaulier, he breaks you down until he finds the inner clown inside of you. And I, I actually would love to go do it because it sounds like a challenge and it's, you know, it sounds quite funny. Basically, this grumpy man who, after, he doesn't train you like in clowning, clowning in the way that you think of a red nose on your face and makeup. He kind of breaks you down until he th- will finally laugh at you. And I, and I think his process is that you will stand on a, sca- a stage and until you make him laugh, you cannot leave the stage. So uh, presumably, there's some very unfunny people in the world. They're probably still on stage right now waiting for him to laugh. But I think after a while, he just pushes you out. You go, no, not funny. No, no. Um, so Phil has been staying on my couch. And initially, he was just going to stay a night. But it was just so nice to see him again. And my, my daughter adores him because he did a kid's show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival and she was just so excited that, you know, Dr. Brown, the clown, was going to be staying on the couch downstairs. And I think he really needs to, to, to recuperate after a long festival. And I, I know it doesn't sound like a real job going off to do these festivals. When you're doing them for a month, and that's for four weeks, six nights a week, and he was doing a kid's show on top of it, it's just, it is, it's, it pounds you. And then the adrenaline come down afterwards. And I had that even from Melbourne. I, I only did three shows. But I fell into, I, you know what, I think I fell into a bit of a funk post those shows because I was maybe expecting a bit more. And when I say a bit bit more, I don't mean more people. I I think I was expecting glamorous reviews and stuff, but I realized that, you know, of course the reviewers are going to go off and see, you know, people who have been there for a month because they're putting in the effort, not just someone who just rocks up for the weekend. Um, But yeah, I was was expecting a a galah of five-star reviews, like an arrogant prick. Anyway, Cloud on the couch, sensational. And uh, I think, you know, we carried on a little bit, had a big carver night, which I do regret. Um, And thank you to Helen McNeil, who warned me about um, SSRIs, I think it is, and carver, which means um, antidepressant medication. So I'm on a sleeping tablet that has an anti-anxiety thing in it. I don't know what it is. Um, but anyway, uh, but apparently that coupled with Carver, and Carver is this Fijian, Tongan, Pacific Islander kind of inebriate. It's not an alcohol. I got into a um, an argument with my father-in-law about it. He said, it's an alcohol. I said, no, no, it's not. It's a, it's kind of like a quick ferment. And he's like, well, that's an alcohol. I said, well, it's not really a ferment. They mix two things, two plants together, and a chemical reaction happens, and you drink it. Yeah, alcohol. I like, shut up. Um, he's one of those guys, I love him, but he's uh, one of those guys who's a real bloody expert on everything. 
and it's his way or no way. Um, anywho. Oh, no, I said anywho. I don't want to say anywho. I hate anywho. We, yeah, I OD'd. I think I OD'd a bit on Carver. I was not right the next day. It's an, I, I don't know whether I recommend it or do recommend it. It just, it just kind of chills you out, but you're not paranoid. It's not like um, marijuana, um, which I just cannot go near at all anymore. But I just still have that tendency and that little want to rock my sobriety and just be a little bit out of it in a way, just to escape the humdrum of daily life. You're just like, oh, I wouldn't mind being a little bit drunk right now. I wouldn't mind one, one pint very quickly and then just chill out. Um, but I just, I know I can't do that because he's got a problem. He's got a fucking problem. Uh, speaking of uh, problems, this is a, a lovely email I received from David Webb. Where's me fucking podcast, you bald-headed git? Love you from David. Thank you, David. <laughs> that did actually kick me up the ass. That came in on Sunday night and I was like, oh yeah, I haven't bloody done it, have I? It's not like I don't, um, like it's a task, but you do, I do have to be in the mood to do it. I can't just get on here and it's not like I'm faking my mood with you, like I'm feeling quite good at the moment, but if you scratch the surface, I'd probably break down emotionally. But um, yeah, I do have to be in the right mood to get myself into the mood of doing this because I don't want to bum you out. Uh, I mean, I don't even know where this is. I mean, I've got so many emails, by the way. You guys are lovely. I'll go through a few of them um, a little later in the podcast. Thank you for reaching out because I did say a couple of weeks ago, is there anybody out there listening? and lots of emails you're beautiful people and um sorry i don't reply to everyone because i just um, I, I just I, I don't know i just don't have the i think that's the sickness of um you know what it is it's I'm, you know what i'm angry about i'm angry at the bloody gender benders bloody gender benders out there bloody bending their genders no i'm joking that's uh i just thought of that in the car on the way back from the pool no one said gender bender for years i think it was you know they referred to boy george as a gender bender <laughs> Just love it. Oh, bloody gender benders. Just makes it a bit cuter. And stopping all these bloody culture wars and bullshit going on. Bloody, if you want to do things with your ghoulies, and if you don't believe bloody uh, your gender's a construct, then good, good. You you do it, you, and everybody can do them. What? Anyway, you bloody gender benders. You know, anybody could just cut this out of the podcast and probably get me in trouble. Bloody yuppies and gender benders. That's my problem. <laughs> yuppies as well. Oh, sheesh. Uh, I did reach out to a really big organisation, had a, a bit of a meeting, not um, Atlason, not, um, oh, bloody, what's his name? Mike Cannon, Brooks, 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 Brooks. But I did reach out to a big, uh, big conglomerate about the Silly Billy Walk and they reneged, they reneged, negged, and that's okay. It's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I tentatively do have a date for next year. I'm not stringing you along. I just want to do this properly. So it's going to happen. I'm just waiting for it to happen. Um, and I need the right people involved and all that type of stuff. And anyway, whatever. Long story short, it's uh, it's uh, still bubbling away. Uh, what am I doing? Oh, I've got a Sydney show on Saturday, which is very exciting at a... Well, it's, it is a, it's not a brand new venue, but it's a new venue. So it's the Grand Electric in Redfern. So it's the old... Um, Giant Dwarf, which was the those guys that were really popular years ago, the um, the Chaser, like I, I used to be proper. 2013, that was my time, people. That's when I was hot to trot, um, and I think they would have been 2007. They would have been hot to trot as well, but they they started the venue and it folded. 
Um, I don't know why, but it's been retaken over by some cabaret... I'll, I'll call them cabaret cunts, and I think they'd like that. They're an amazing production company um, called Strut and Fret. And anyway, so I'm doing a show there on Saturday. Lots of other comedians that I couldn't give a fuck about uh, doing uh, shows there as well. So, um, yeah, you should come down because I think... There's not, I've not really, I mean, I've done publicity on social media, but I have not, uh, I don't have the publicity campaign behind it because it's just a small show and I want to do this show in Sydney properly later in the year. Hello, Opera House. Um, big screen, big show, big concepts, art festivals. Anyway, this is like a, not even a scaled back version of it. It's still a big version of it, but it's this Saturday night if you want to see the show in its uh, in its rawness. I cannot wait to do it. And it's just a proper, it's a bloody Saturday night, isn't it? 8.30pm on a Saturday night, you bloody head off to Redfern. There's a wonderful French restaurant around the corner there if you want to make it a night out. I don't know what it's called, but look up French Redfern, uh, French Red, uh, fuck off, Fred Red, oh, Fred Restaurant. What the hell happened then? Uh, French restaurant Redfern. It's not. It's actually a bit of a tongue twister. French Redfern. Damn it. Fresh French res, French restaurant Redfern. <laughs> I'll play something now. I'm not running out of pre-recorded stuff. I just don't know what I've played before. I don't have a. I don't keep a track of it. I'm not a dork. So if I played this before, I'm sorry. A precise history of themes with Sam Simmons. The history of that. What's that? That over there. That what? That. Yeah? Where? Down there. It kind of looks like a sultana. It does look like a sultana or a very small poo. Well, does it sound like a sultana? I don't know. I'll just put my ear to it and listen. Hello, Shia the Sultana. My name is Jesus, and I really like being a Sultana and shit. Jesus sounds way too Latino to be a Sultana. Yeah, well, if he's a real Sultana, he won't mind one bit if I try some radical ninjutsu moves on his ass. Stop beating up the Sultana, you bitch! Don't call me a bitch, Simmons! Hey, Mom! Then what should I call you then? Clayton? Why didn't you tell me? You guys should stop arguing and shit. I think you two would be good together sexually. Maybe I could show you some sex moves and stuff and shit. I don't want to learn sex moves from a sultana. But I do freaky sultana shit. Okay, well maybe just one thing then. Okay, well what I do first is I... And then I... Oh my god, that's disgusting! Where did you learn that? When I was a grape and shit. What are you two talking about? Don't worry about it, Patricia. No, I want to know. Okay, well, let's sing about our sex moves together, my new friend, Jesus the Sultana. Yeah. All right. Okay, so what I do, I do the, I do the high parts and shit. All right, well, I do the low. I do the sexually. I'll do it sexually. Yeah. Sexy fruit that sits in the sun. First you try out and stick it up your bum. Too much info, Sultana tits. Don't call me Sultana tits, picnic tits. I'm Patricia. I love Patricia. To be confirmed. TBC my ass. Whatever that was. I wanna thank you, whatever that was. By the way, please, you're emailing in, but, you know, it's not hard to send in a voice message. So, on your phone, record a voice message to me, to me uh, asking me a question about anything... Send it to my email, samnichesquiche at gmail.com, and I'll bloody, um, I'll bloody answer the question. 
could be a weird dream, just a weird rambling, could be some abuse, I don't care. Send me a voice, like a voice message, a recorded message to the email. Isn't that an idea? That's an idea. I've got to write that down just so I can put it in the, the notes for podcast. Um, pa- Patreons, by the way, thank you so much. And if you do want to be a Patriot, come and, come on Patreon. Uh, it really does help me financially. I really mean this as a freelance solo artist. <gasps> He's an artist. Um, I appreciate every cent and you know, it's as little as $2 uh, a month. It's like about a third of a coffee, a cup of coffee. Uh, I did get a $4 coffee the other day, which I was shocked by. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it. And guess what? Your tea towels. They got a message yesterday. So they got an, a, a um, message on Patreon with a little video letting them know with the, the bloody, the FedEx docket. Oh, and the tea towels should be here um, tomorrow, I hope. But it is, you know, they are coming from Kuangchang in China. I just made that up. But it is a, it's a province of China. It says it's there, but um, it's in transit and I'm so excited. So the next stage is then bloody putting them all in envelopes and then paying for frickin' postage. But that's life. That's it. That's what I said I was going to do. And that's how much I love you guys being on Patreon for me. You get a tea towel. And um, I love you. Thank you very much for supporting me. It's a really, really big thing. So thank you, FedEx. Don't don't fuck it up. Don't Tom Hanks it. Don't bloody leave my tea towels on an island where they have to be- befriend a volleyball. Still a great film. Still such a great film. Do you know what's another great film that I rewatched recently? Is The Social Network. It's just so good. It's so ridiculous just to think in our time. Like, to think in my time frame of, I think, 2003. That's just not long ago. That This behemoth, the richest... Is he almost the richest person in the world? I think he is. Or well, he's definitely the youngest um, multi-multi-billionaire. Uh, it's, yeah, a remarkable film if you want to rewatch And the uh, if you want, like, I'm the, the bloody... The barometer of your taste. Uh, and the, the soundtrack as well is sensational. Which is Trent Reznor, who I was always against. Never liked Nine Inch Nails. Um... Except for that hurt song, I hurt myself today, and I only got into it because Johnny Cash did a cover. But then, if you listen to Trent Reznor's version, it's oh, it's very beautiful. But um, he's quite disturbing because he wants to fuck things like animals, and uh, I, I, I don't like that. Uh, so yes, Saturday show. Tur- you know, Saturday's got turd in it. I just noticed that then. Turd day. Sat. Saturday. day. Saturday. day. Turd day. Uh, yes, also Saturday mornings, which is kind of annoying because I've got to do a show that night. It's a kid soccer, uh, which we started last week, and she is terrible at it. But it's so cute to watch it. Once I explained to her, because I, I kind of enrolled her, didn't really show. I showed her um, a couple of uh, highlights online of um, uh, like the greatest girls soccer goals, and she wasn't really that interested. She was kind of bored by it wasn't until we were on the sidelines and I had to explain to her, you've got to get in there and fight for the ball. And then I said, it's like a dog fight with your feet. Now, I think I've explained this uh, during the podcast before. If you've not heard this, I, my daughter and I, uh, she's six years old, young six, we, uh, we wrestle every night, like pre- pretty full on wrestle. Um, but she basically beats the shit out of me on, um, on, our ki- on my king size bed. When I say king size, it means because I'm saying that because I'm not showing off. I've got a king size bed, but I'm just saying there's a lot of room on the bed to wrestle. 
uh, I'm on my knees, kind of on the ground, and she just comes at me, and it's hardcore, and she gets energy out, and it seems to make her sleep better. Literally beats the shit out of me sometimes, like, will clock me in the side of her head with her fist, and I've, I showed a bit of this on, on social media once, where she was beating me up in the car, and everyone got angry at me, and... Uh, were saying stuff like, oh, you can't let your child do it. It's like, shut up. Anyway, that's what that's the sickness of social media, and I'm a part of it. I'm bloody, I'm a bloody part of it as well. I'm a contributing factor to the, uh, the demise of bloody social culture and society because the social... It is. That's what the show's about, by the way, on Saturday night at the Grand Electric. That The show is about the demise of culture, but not really at the same time. It's very stupid. A lot of you have seen it, and, I'll, and a lot of you, um, you know... You either loved it or you didn't like it. And that's totally because it was a message-based show, but it was bloody good. I don't give a shit what you say. Oh, no one said anything. That's just me in my head having an argument in my head about something that people liked. What's wrong with me? Uh, So, yes, uh, I then explained to her on the soccer field, it's like a dog fight because we call it the dog fight and we have a fight every night and wrestle to the point where I'm like out of breath and she's out of breath and it's kind of hot and sweaty. It's hard work and really hurts. God, she really can... She cracked me in the back of the head once so hard I felt not right in my spine. But anywho, oh, I did it again. Hate it. I explained to her that playing soccer is like dog fighting with your feet. And she was great then. She was bloody chuckling, getting in there, kicking. Got to get her some shin guards though. Uh, I didn't I didn't realise that. I don't know enough. That's uh, on my list of things to do today. Get shin guard. I'm also getting one of those little square things um, from Apple. So if you come to the shows, you can buy a tea towel direct because I bought enough to give to my Patreons, but I also have a surplus, which I can sell live uh, because I've got to make some money back on the cost of the tea towels in some way. Otherwise, it just costs a lot of money. Uh, Yes. Uh, The other thing with the soccer stuff, it's also something I've realized about relationships with people. And I'm really loving this. I'm loving that I'm moving out of the world that's insular, the insular narcissistic world of... um, I guess, comedy and uh, especially stand-up comedy. It's pretty, it's a brutal world. And it's nice just to speak to people who aren't in those industries, uh, especially other parents, which is terrific. I'm developing some really nice friends uh, through um, Luna at school. And it, it's, it's lovely. But you do judge people quickly and you realise, all right, yeah, they're not as gregarious as me. I must come on quite full on to some parents. And they think, oh, God, bloody hell, look at him. He's... He's hard work. But I look at them and think, what's their, what's their problem? I just said good morning to it. You, you ignored me. You straight up ignored me. I said good morning. It's like, okay, but some people just... Hang on, I'm just fixing a photo that's fallen down on my shelf of things. Um, why should I judge her? And then I've got to know this mum. She's lovely. Really, really lovely. Just doesn't need or want to engage all the time. But when you get her and she wants to engage, she's just... Yeah, she's really lovely, and I, I realise I, I, maybe I'm too quick to judge people, and I can just come on too fast, and so, you know, there's no way this mother would even, um, no way she'd listen to this, and also wouldn't even know what I do. I mean, of course, people talk at school and stuff eventually, but um, a lot of parents have got no idea what I do, so I guess they do look at me like I'm a freak, because I look like a freak, and I'm um, I'm out of my own skin, you know what I mean? Like, I'm out of my own skin, you know what I'm saying, like, I'm... I'm kind of an over-the-top kind of guy and I, I don't hold back in most situations especially with my little baby I've got to do a gig though at the school on Friday which is kind of cute um let me find it here 
So I've got to do kids jokes because they've been running like um like a comedy kind of thing for the last two weeks where they tell jokes every morning because there's a comedy the Sydney Comedy Festival is in town which is the worst of the comedy festivals by the way I'm not involved in it it's just bloody I don't know it's a rat bags festival um I don't care if they hear that by the way don't like it um so let's have a little look here if I can find it I've written down my jokes to tell kids jokes I'll do them for you guys and see whether you like them and not too kiddy because I don't really want them to be yeah, kids joke, you're like, ah, oh, bloody hell, it's bloody kids jokes, you know, and they're just always the same thing. It's always about poo. God, if I see another shit Australian stand-up, sh I'm saying shit Australian stand-up, do a children's book that involves bodily functions, shitting or farting, what the, f what's going on there? Stop it. Have an original thought. Go beyond poos and farts and wheeze. Oh, wheeze! Uh, okay, here we go. So I've got these are my kids' jokes. First one is, here we go. So there's two two monkeys. And they've just drawn a bath. Not drawn, but, you know, poured themselves a bath. It's a, it's a bath. And they're going to get in and have a little bath together. And the first monkey puts his foot in the bath and he goes, oh, what? <laughs> And the other monkey says, why don't you just put some cold in? It's a very good joke. I, I know that's probably, it might go over some kids' heads a little bit. But I think if I make the monkey noise, they'll really like that. Okay, here's another one. Hedgehogs. Hedgehogs. Why can't they just share the hedge? Get it? Because they bloody head, they head bloody. Anyway. So a load of uh, tortoises crashed into a train load of terrapins. And I thought to myself, that's a turtle disaster. That one's a little bit old, man. I get that one. That's fair enough. Here we go. Um, I'm not going to do what's brown and sticky. A stick. Uh, I said to my gym instructor, can you teach me to do the splits? He said, how flexible are you? And I said, I can't make Tuesdays. <laughs> I really like that one, but I don't think the kids are going to get it. Oh, very funny. Right. I was having dinner with my boss and his wife said, how many potatoes would you like, Tim? I said, uh, I'll just have one, please. And then she said, it's okay. You don't have to be polite. And I said, all right, I'll just have one then, you stupid cow. <laughs> I think I'll have to, I'll probably, I'll have to tone that down for the kids, but it's terrific. Right. I went down to my local ice cream shop and said, I want to buy an ice cream. He said, hundreds and thousands. I said, oh, well, hang on. I'll just start with one. So bad. And last one here. I've just finished my book. I wrote it on penguins. Come to think of it, I should have probably written it on paper. It would have been easier. That's ridiculous, and I gave up um, the delivery on that one halfway through, but that's that's still all right. That's funny. That's funny. That stupid cow joke's very good. Okay, I better play something else here because potentially uh, this thing will go for way too long because I'm rambling this morning. Okay, give me a minute. Ism. Hi there, can I please order a chai latte? Did you order a chai? Yeah. Well, that's a bit wanky, don't you think? No, no, it's not. It tastes, tastes good. So do you always drink ethnic food? Not always. Oh, okay. So you're a... Uh... 
Racist? I'm not a racist. Then what about the chai? Just because I drink chai doesn't make me a racist. It does if it's making you think about your own self-racism. It's got nothing to do with racism. What about autism? It's a hot drink! Alcoholism? What? You're an obvious alcoholic and you're in denial. I thought I was a racist. Ah, so you admit it now. Well then what about autism? Yeah, and that too. You have oratioholism. I don't like you. That's because you're a racist. Uh, you don't even look like oh, a racist. Yeah, well, you don't what are you coming? I'm you just, do I wanted was a child, you know. Okay, it's not selling well. You spent all the money on the boys. Shut up, Patricia. Sexism. Prism, schism, Caroline Chisholm, Hinduism, baptism. Darwinism, postmodernism, witticism, consumerism, spoonerism, expressionism, capitalism, eclecticism, voyeurism, realism, pessimism, surrealism, foot fetishism, foot fetishism, modernism, existentialism, sadomasochism, organism, feminism, vampirism, know-nothingism, paganism, transvesticism, vegetarianism, terrorism, nudism, cannibalism, satanism, shamanism. Ca- Sam, these aren't really isms. Shut up, Patriciaism! I've got to say, I, uh, I'm glad I waited to do the podcast because I'm in the right mood for it. There were a few times when I was uh, when I was pumping it out the same day weekly where I kind of just forced myself to be in the mood for it, but I know you would have heard it. You'd he- you can hear it, you can sense it. You know, when you meet someone, you can tell they're in a certain... They're, in a, they're just a bit off. So I'm glad I'm waiting for the days where you, uh, you know that I'm in a good mood and I'm here to provide a service into your ear holes... That'll make you feel a little bit better about things. A uh, very boozy kids party on the weekend, which was very fun to watch. Uh, mid-afternoon, lovely British couple. Uh, they had a huge, like, you know, they had a bloody a vat of champagne and beers. I did not partake, but it was fun to watch. And to watch some of the more uptight parents loosen up. And get to know them a bit. It's a great, what a, it's an icebreaker. I guess alcohol is a social icebreaker in a certain way. Um, unless you're chewing beetle leaf or something like that. God, why can't there be something better? Why can't there just be something better out there? Like a little, I mean, because, you know, I know that, you know, we all bond and look at each other and like, yeah, I'm a spiritual human and here we are and we're bonding together. It's just bloody, it's just way better with a beer. Uh, uh, also, my partner's been working with, uh, producer, my partner works in TV. She is a production designer, which means the person who makes things look like they look. So if you watch a certain, you watch a film and you go, "Gee, that looks good," that's the production designer. Uh, I wouldn't presume that everyone would know what that is. Uh, great examples of uh, stuff like if you watch sci-fi and you think, "Oh my goodness, like who thought of that?" Especially something like Aliens or Alien, which is H- based on H. Geiger's art. But to make that world come alive is the production designer's job. It's an extraordinary thing to do. Pure art. Absolute pure art. And she's working with, at the moment, a producer. And producers can work across all different fields. They could, you know, might make a science movie. They might make a kid's show. Then they might make a horror. Uh, reality TV. And she was working with a guy who was uh, involved. He's an older fella. At the inception of Survivor. He's one of the guys, not the main guy, Mark Berger or Burnett or who it is. Uh, but he was there at the beginning and came up with the idea for immunity. Like, extraordinary man. And he was travelling the planet looking for locations to film Survivor. So remote places. I don't think it's ever been filmed in... A, they've done an Australian version here that was made in Australia. 
with Australian cast, but I don't think... Um, pretty sure they've never had an Australian version of Survivor because I guess it's not tropical or perilous enough. Um, I could be completely wrong on that. But he was uh, saying how he went to Papua New Guinea and witnessed some really full-on stuff, which made, made me start looking into Papua New Guinea and stuff, which I'm going to do a deep dive on a bit later about cannibalism. Uh, but one of these things was um, someone in the village did something bad. I don't know what they did. It was a bad, bad thing. And he's in this remote village in Papua New Guinea somewhere. And I'm not saying this is a massive practice everywhere, because I looked it up online, could not find a thing about it anywhere. But the punishment for this guy, and this guy was not making up. There's no reason why this guy would make up such a ridiculous story, because it is ridiculous that this story exists. But he witnessed in this village, and he was just like, what is going on there? And the villagers were standing around a man, and his punishment was that he had to, he had to fuck a goat. Which, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in, I, I don't want, no, don't do this. And I don't want this to happen, and I, 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 I'm shocked that it is happening, but it was his punishment for a crime. There was something, obviously things were lost in translation, and his punishment was to fuck the goat. Oh my, I'm, I'm sorry, and I should have given you a trigger warning with this, just in case you've, you know, you have fucked a goat and you're feeling ashamed of it, and you're like, oh, he's reminded me. Um, but that was his punishment, and every time... He looked like he wasn't just <laughs> full on. When it looked like he wasn't really doing it properly, they'd throw rocks at him. It's awful. It's awful, awful stuff. But that was the punishment. So, yeah. So I guess there should be a travel warning uh, to Papua New Guinea. But I did look into Papua New Guinea because I thought to myself, I'd like to go to somewhere like Papua New Guinea, not just because I heard about that. But I thought to myself, there's not many places left in the world that are so remote and untouched, apart from that goat. Uh, as Papua New Guinea. And it's a fun word to say. Hello, I'm off to Papua New Guinea. But I really, I, I think I'd like to do something wild, like travel there, preferably with my, the love of my life, not my partner, uh, but Max, who's my uh, near 50-year-old best mate. Um, it's just, it's, he's the person I want to go with. He's got a, a very laid-back, how would I describe him? Um, grumpy Jewish man. He makes me laugh hard. I think I'd go there with him uh as a as a like a, you know when we reach 50 or something like that we're like all right let's have have a big adventure go somewhere that's um seems scary at first and you know get yourself in there and go to Papua New Guinea uh I said that racially and I didn't mean to um yeah so yeah wow isn't that full-on so yeah I'll do a deep dive into cannibalism because I didn't believe that it still exists and it kind of I don't know we'll, we'll read it together and we'll see whether we, we'll, we'll make a we'll make a um decision together okay uh, uh, an, or, uh, an oral astral decision we'll all know what's right or what's not even though we're not i'm not actually right next to you talking about this you will think about what i've said and i'm sure we'll come to a conclusion as to whether cannibalism does exist and i mean uh, when you chew your nails that's a little bit like cannibalism isn't it you know what i mean you, you chew it and i mean you don't maybe you don't swallow it but sometimes you do or you do you swallow those little bits of dried skin on the edge of the fingers I swallow them. Uh, I, I've eaten my um, snot. I kind of still do, and which is an awful thing to admit. But there's something strange about the saltiness of it, especially when I've been swimming in the ocean. Shit, what am I doing? This is too real, guys. It's too real. And most men have tasted their own semen. Any way. Yes, I stopped myself from saying it. Those giant paellas, you know, the paellas at markets, they're always shit, I've got to say. They always taste shit. No? 
you know, you go to the market and there's that, that guy's there and, yeah, he's vaguely Spanish. It's probably a, you know, a, a Brazilian tourist or, a, you know, an Argentinian fella. But they make that giant paella and it's just always, you know, yeah, whatever. It's kind of flavourless and it's a bit meh. You can make a better one at home. Uh, and by the way, there's certain ways you can say this. So it's paella or paella or paella. Apparently the double L in the, is it the, no, the Barcelona, uh, that region? Paella, paella. Well, that's what my um, know-it-all father-in-law says. I do love him, by the way. He's, uh, I've mentioned him before on the podcast. He's definitely undiagnosed Asperger's. Uh, an accountant knows every plane that flies overhead. Uh, he lives in Maroubra. He knows where it's going and what number it is. But I do, I do love him. He's a difficult person. But I, yeah, this is, is something. Oh, it's because he's such a great um, grandparent, and he's not even a blood relation. He is such a fantastic. He's also a gender bender. No, he's not. Um, gee, I still, I'm still obsessed with gender benders. It's funny. <laughs> These culture wars at the moment. Why are we getting... Why is everyone so upset at the moment? It's so dumb. I can understand. There's a lot of stuff I can understand about it. I understand women being threatened by their spaces being taken over by originally biological men. But I also... And I also don't believe that gender's a construct. But at the same time, you know, I don't believe you should be um, inhibited in any way by what your gender is. And at the same time, I don't think that like a male-born guy should be wrestling a woman and beating the shit out of her but you know i guess if you're going to be the woman who's going to be beaten up in that situation you you're like yeah i will i don't want to do that so you adhere to it so it's you know it's just let, let people do whatever they want um <laughs> I what i'm saying i can't believe i've not been cancelled yet on this podcast but it all comes from a good place and it all there's love love uh speaking of love Two people in the last week, two beautiful, beautiful men uh, that I, I I was not not particularly close to, but I really admired. DJ Ian from Adelaide and Adam Brace, who's a theatre writer and uh, I guess uh, I was going to say provocateur, dramaturge, and director from the UK. Both died. Um, young. Adam was forty-three. Ian beautiful man Ian by the way one of the only reasons why I stayed on Facebook or have stayed on Facebook was for DJ Ian's posts um, about music this guy's an ex his knowledge on music worldwide was ex and I'm not just saying it because he's dead but this guy oh and also just a beautiful like I mean all dead people are beautiful aren't they we're always like oh she was such a kind beautiful these two were particularly beautiful now there's one thing they both had in common and you know, this is not to say anything in a really nasty way about large people, but they are both large men and they died before their time. I am assuming potentially because of lifestyle choices and heaviness. I hope this is not offending anybody out there. I, I know there will be a few people listening who know who know who I'm talking about, both of them. But yeah, I guess a bit of a yeah health warning to people out there that it's... Um, yeah, look, that your lifestyle choices really, you know, they're a big part of stuff. And I know that one of them had a young child. And yeah, look, it's difficult, difficult stuff. But if you can get on top of that stuff and uh, yeah, 
large old, more large middle-aged men dying unnecessarily. Uh, it's it's really really sad. So I hope that didn't sound insensitive at all. They were both incredible men. Adam, um, I I'd never got to work with, and I really wanted to work with him uh, at the Soho Theatre in London. He's produced amazing things with Alex Edelman and Liz Kingsman. And yeah, so look, all my love to the Soho family in London. I know um, some of you are probably listening to this. Uh, that's a that's a yeah, it's a big loss for you guys. And yeah, yeah, just look after yourselves, people. Don't just yeah, don't don't wait for that moment to go. Yeah, tomorrow I'm going to do it. Tomorrow I'm going to do it. The same thing with me with alcohol. I'm not sure alcohol is involved in any way with these two. Definitely um, obesity, maybe yes. But yeah, gee, I hope I'm not offending anyone here. Uh, but it's coming from a place of love saying this stuff, guys. It's definitely from a place. So don't, don't wait for the next day, the next day, the next day. If you've got a problem, I remember speaking to a young fella on Talksies who really explained to me deeply that he had an addiction with fast food and couldn't stop eating stuff like McDonald's. And we talked for a long, long time. So it's it's... Yeah, it's a thing that I don't understand completely. I can pull myself away from that stuff. Um, but I guess you can get to yourself into a place where it just, yeah, it just becomes, or it can feel insurmountable. But do look, yeah, look after yourselves. Just look after yourselves. And yeah, look after your friends if they look like they are struggling like that. Okay, that's uh, as serious as I'll get there. Genuinely, um, yeah, all my love going out to those people as well. Maybe I should just go back to goat fucking. So, yeah, basically, if you um, say if you steal something from a shop, it's like, hey, what have you got there? Right, that's it. Get the goat. I wonder if it's just one goat, like a very horny goat. <laughs> get to bring him over. Bring that bloody, bring that that horny slut over here. All right, get in there. Do the goat, you naughty guy. You bloody naughty. It's an awful thought. I know it's an awful thought. Still obsessed with turd in Saturday. Saturday in the park. I love listening to Chicago. If you don't know the band Chicago, oh, you would know Chicago. Most people know the band Chicago. God, they're good. Dun, 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 dun. Gee, I hope I'm not too loud for the people upstairs. I've got a lovely neighbour moved in. I'm so happy. Uh, my, my, my apartment block is, yeah, like I've mentioned before, there's one, well, there's two. There's two fucking assholes. And the rest of us are all just the not, lovely gang of people and the new people who have moved in are so nice. Oh, it's just so great to have a bit of a vibe again. And it makes kind of apartment living nice because it is communal and you're meeting people and I've got the barbecue out and I've, I've, I've you know, I'm actually I'm doing it just today. I'm sending out a message because we need to get an arborist in to trim back some palm trees. Uh, but I've cleaned off the barbecue and made a bit of a space outside where we can all, you know, get on there and hang out. I mean, we don't have to hang out. I bought a fire pit. Uh, I got it off the... Um, I've told you this before. I go to deceased estate auctions and you get things incredibly cheap. So I've got outdoor furnishings and uh, 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 a outdoor... What do you call it? Bloody... I just said it then. A barbecue out... No, what do you call it? A outdoor fireplace? I just said what it was. Doesn't matter. It's gone. Uh, for like 20 bucks and then you go to Bunnings and they're 179 so I got one of those and people oh fire pit that's what it is and we all you know we don't hang out there together though but I'd like it if you know if I'm out there and I'm near the fire pit come in come and say hello I'm not, not the arsehole person but other people come on come on out 
Bring yourself a, a, a lovely uh, glass of sangria. What's the hot one people have? Mulled. It's mulled wine season. Come outside and uh, hang near the fire. It's such a good vibe. Uh, when you do have an apartment block or you live in a, a, a short, a close vicinity to other people and it does feel like a nice experience. There's two babies due in the building. Oh, it's going to be loud and screamy. But um, lovely. You can't get angry about that. Uh, unless people are making them cry it out. And if you are listening to this, neighbours, don't make them cry it out. Very controversial thing. Um, by the way, it's uh, I think it's called le petit four or something like that. I don't know what it is. Some, there's a French word for it as well, where you basically uh, you try to you sleep train the baby to cry it out. Uh, I don't know whether I agree with it, um, but yeah, uh, I found an uh, found an old photo of me working at the zoo. And it made me melancholy the other day. Melancholia, terrible film by the way. Melancholia. Uh, it was Willem Dafoe, was it? With uh, no, not Willem Dafoe. Kristen Dunst, who's a wonderful actress. Do like her. Don't know what I'm talking about now. I am going to get into the deep dive about cannibalism now uh, in Papua New Guinea. All right, I'll play something, just a brief little thing, and then we're going to Papua New Guinea. Hoof. Ha. Hoof. Ha. The man he dropped his chest at the bottom of the sea As he swam down to retrieve it Well you wouldn't quite believe He found an oyster deep below him Sitting nestled in the sand He came back to the surface with oyster in his hand Ha! Hoof! Ha! I wish I could play music on this I still want a radio job If there's someone out there Even if it's just community radio I would love to come and maybe I could do it online. Maybe there's an online one because I'd love to be able to just play music and talk to you. As I was walking down the street one day, man came up. Anyway, that's Chicago. Such a great song. Then if I don't even know what time it is, uh, I think it's called What Time It Is. If you've not heard that song, listen to it. It's just a, it's a, bloody, it's a banger in a real jazzy, great. Gee, that was wonderful. Uh, I have here, I was going to do a deep dive on caravan maintenance, but then I thought it's just, it's just too, I like, I mean, the, the point of the show was initially to be about deep dives into banal things, which I don't, I don't mind still doing, but I did re read about caravan maintenance tips and it just read more like, um, a bedtime story to put you to sleep. By the way, I've been really slack with the Rollover Pavlova Kids podcast. Um, I am going to record two today. Okay, I'm in the mood. I'm going to be doing it today. Um, there's two coming. One's about Pamela Rhombus, about shapes. The other one's called Phil... No, Johnny Bronchitis. It's about having bronchitis. Because I had a house guest. I had a, the clown had bron bronchitis. It was very funny watching a clown with bronchitis. But this week's deep dive, pull my screen forward, it's on, uh, it's on cannibalism amongst the... Korawi tribe. No, the Korawai tribe. Yeah, that sounds right. The Korawai tribe are a fascinating tribe. Only here we go. So here we go. We're going. I haven't even got a, like, a jingle for this. We're going into a deep dive. <clears throat> here we go. The Korawai tribe are a fascinating tribe. Only recently discovered. Only recently discovered. Oh, okay. The 1970s. Uh, in Papua New Guinea. Up until the 1970s, there'd been no previous recorded contact between them and the Western world. In fact, see, this is the thing about Papua New Guinea. Uh, I'm not even saying that in an accent that sounds Papua New Guinea, and it's just a fun thing to say. Papua New Guinea. Um, isn't it amazing that this can still... I mean, it, there's probably none left. I know there's the Senghalese, 
there's an untouched, well, there's an island where, uh, which I think is in the archipelago below India, heading into Banda Ashe. So that weird, that triangular zone between India and Thailand, if I can put it as basically as that. It's not the Indochine Sea, is it? I, I don't know. And there is an island there of peoples. And I know a missionary went there. Idiot. I love this story. Suck shit, missionary. Uh, he went there to try to tell them about God. And they just they just killed him. <laughs> Suck it. Who do you think you are? Uh, it, I, I just... All that stuff. I know... It, look, if And look, religion, good. I think religion's great for people. Um... It's not for me, but the the, the the balls that you have to go see, to, to even to come here to Australia, or the, especially Pacifica, and the, uh, the the heaviness of Christianity there, and how did that happen? But I guess the missionaries went there and they went, this is the way, like a bloody Mandalorian. Uh, so, the Korowai tribe are a fascinating tribe, blah, blah, blah. No records uh, recorded contact between them and the Western world. In fact, scientists believe the tribe may not have ever realized anyone else even existed other than themselves. That's amazing, isn't it? Here's what you should know about the Korowai tribe. Hang on, so... Oh, damn it. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, I've... Uh, here, here we go, here he is. Uh, they reportedly... Number one, of course, it says here. They reportedly practice cannibalism. Papua New Guinea is one of the countries in the world where it's, uh, where it's no secret cannibalism has been practiced in the past and up until quite recently. So they've stopped it, obviously. Wasn't Captain Cook boiled and eaten? Hmm. Would you like to be slow boiled? Isn't there something about that, that the frog is a... You, you put a frog in a pot. I'm not saying, this, God, it's been a rough podcast with this. I'm talking about fucking goats and now I'm boiling frogs. But I think that if you put a frog in a pot of cold water and just put the heat on underneath it and slowly bring it to a boil it won't jump out because it doesn't know and then suddenly oh i'm cooked i wonder if that's how they did that to captain cooked uh he was eaten wasn't he i might be wrong on that maybe that's next week's deep dive that's a great idea that's horrible ways that um colonialist colonial um whatever they are bad guys i guess they didn't know they were bad guys at the time but they did bad things when you think about slavery and all that they just did bad things Okay, because of the Korowai belief in evil spirits, it was necessary to kill and eat a person they believed to be taken over by a kaku or a demon. Well, yeah, of course, no one was taken over by a demon called kaku, and uh, that, those poor people that were eaten, and eaten um, murdered and eaten, that's, that's not good. Uh, there's a, there's talk that... As if, like, that's going to make a change from me. Actually, no, I'm going to be pro-cannibalism. Fuck it. I think if, if someone looks weird and they're being weird, they're speaking in tongues, cook them. Cook them and eat them. Bloody, you can open up a bloody KFP, Kentucky Fried People. Um, just bloody 11 heat secret herbs and spices, one evil spirit. Delicious. Um, there is talk that the practice is still carried out today. And some members of the tribe will state this. Ooh. However, others believe this claim is just a good story to live up to the expectation by foreigners. That could possibly be. Either way, the tribe still has a recent history of cannibalism. Wow. Jeez, I don't know which bit I'd eat. Because remember the film Alive? And I know there's been cases of... I think there was a Tasmanian pie maker back in the 1700s that was 
an ex-convict. There's a story about it. He used to... That's one to look up next week. Maybe this, just, this should be the Cannibal Podcast. Cannibal Tasmania Pies. That does sound made up. Um, yes, here we go. So, they still believe in witchcraft and sorcery. Yeah, fair enough. That's their faith. So, witchcraft still plays a major part in the Korowai belief system. While Christian missionaries have been living in the area since the late 1970s. Fuck off. Get out of there, you missionaries. And have six, mind you, what's the other option? It's just uh, miners and big business going in to bloody rape the forests. Uh, and have successfully converted some of the Korowai to Christianity, of course they have. Many are reluctant to give up their traditional spiritual views. Demons are real and any fatal illness is more likely blamed on evil spirits rather than an infectious disease. Yeah, that's because they don't know better. That's fair enough. Reaching an, un, uh, oh, of course, reaching an unvaccinated community. Well, that's the bloody missionaries coming in there with their bloody colds and flus. Then they're like, oh, you've caught it now. Quick, have a Panadol. Oh, no, he's dead. Oh, it was an evil spirit. No, it wasn't. It was a fucking missionary. The Korowai believe in the spirits of their ancestors and believe in a form of reincarnation and have many rituals. I like I like reincarnation. I really love the thought of it. I wish, I wish it was real. Maybe it is real. There is something about maybe the, uh, the process of energy. You know, like, you know, you're, you're suddenly alive. You switch it off. It's kind of like a light. But is it gone? There's got to be something. They talk about the 21 grams of your soul or something when it leaves, but there's got to be some transference of energy in some way. I don't know whether you, you know, your soul or you can't even prove what the soul is, can you? Or consciousness. They can't prove what it is, but it, but it is. It is what it is, but you can't measure it. I don't know what I'm talking about, but it's deep. Uh, the Korowai believe in the spirits of their ancestors and believe in a form of rent. Yes, we've done that. Women may marry after their first period. Right, here we go. This is where it's getting a bit bloody not right. While men tend to not get married until they're in their 20s, most women are married off in their early teenage years. Not fun. After they begin to menstruate. Poor girls. Man. This is where I look at the, the you know... Oh. I'm going to wrap up the trans debate in this stuff as well because I'm just I'm pro everything for anyone as long as everybody's being kind. Oh, but women just perpetually being fucked over. The treehouse typically holds what the treehouse? What are they talking about? Why are we in a treehouse now? Okay. Once a woman is married, she's seen as an adult, must leave the family home to live with her husband. Good lord. Um. Okay, I mean, the, the Korowai seem quite cute at first, not anymore, but uh, yeah, so here we go. They use bow and arrows to attack both animals and... And why I brought the trans debate into that just then was just that, you know, just another form of women waiting in line again and a bit of mansplaining from both sides, demanding the rights of women be forced beyond what they might want or some women might want. It's, yeah, it's difficult. Bloody hell, I'm, what time is it? It's it's ten past six. It's too early for these thoughts. They use bow and arrows and attack both animals and people. Well, that makes sense. Uh, without any Western technology or infrastructure, I'm sure they have phones by now. Without a doubt, they'd, they'd have iPhones by now. Uh, hunting is done in a more primitive manner with a bow and arrow. Um, these tools are not only used for hunting animals, but also to hunt down other people. Fair enough. Intruders from rival clans or unwelcome foreigners. Yeah, get out of here. Where are you from? I'm from Holland. Get out. Uh, the bow has a barb on it. And this will be pointed at outsiders until they have established peace. There you go. I also read in Papua New Guinea the only venomous bird that exists. 
It's a venomous bird. It looks like a little, a little tom tit, a little finch, a little finchy man. But he's he's venomous. Uh, there, so there you go. I guess that's a deep dive into cannibal. It wasn't really enough, was it? I think I'll explore deeper next week. The podcasts are going a bit long, so I'm going to cut it off there. Um, I think we can all agree that yeah, we should eat eat more people. Uh, here's a nice nice message I got from James Barnes in Ellie Beach. Thank you very much. Uh, he says all sorts of things. Um, uh, his brother, oh, his brother, his younger brother James lives near me, and he always sees me um, at the pool at the Fanny Durack, which is a great pool. And yes, it makes me laugh too. Um, he often takes his kids there too. And he said, come up and say good day. But he said he doesn't want to because he's too scared. Don't be scared. Come and say hello. Unless I look shitty, I'm approachable. I mean, I do have a, I've got a resting prick face. But, you know, if I look or, you know, I'll be fine. Anyway. Uh, so keep those. What's his name, by the way? Jay, Jay Barnes. Hello, Jay Barnes. So keep those awesome podcasts coming. And thank you. Uh, and yes, somebody is listening, even if it feels weirdly like no one is. Well, that's really nice. I've added the pick of a, a mini charity Labrador money box that's at my local supermarket. Uh, why is it smaller? Why not just have the bigger full-sized one? Yes, that makes sense. I know what you're talking about, because then it looks like a dwarf Labrador. Um, I also have a joke many years ago about those um, charity Labrador money boxes. You know, the um, guide dog donation statuettes. Uh, and the joke was like, oh, I... I got on the back of a guide dog donation statuette the other day. I put a dollar in the coin slot in its head. Pfft, worst kids ride ever. That's quite funny, I think. Because um, if, if you think about it, you know, when you're at the shopping mall and you see the kids' rides, you know, the little ones, and you know, put 20. doesn't matter. Hey, Sam, sure you're showing Adelaide and got to say it's the best material. I'm not just putting this in there. Oh, I'm bloody not. This is a really nice podcast. Uh, it's a nice message, though. Saw your show at Adelaide Fringe and got to say it was your best material ever. Love having a bit of continuity thread and makes a payoff for the finale so great. That's so nice. Uh, I hear you saying the podcast that's continued to evolve, evolve all the time. I really hope you can get a film production, a proper film production done of it before it's over. Me too. I really hope so. Hopefully it can happen. I have deliberately used stock footage. That's footage I've purchased on the internet and use music that I've purchased so that can happen. I'm just waiting for the uh, the tastemakers um, and the streaming giants to go, hey, we want your show. Uh, thank you, Seth. Uh, who's this from? I don't know. Love the podcast. However, I'm waiting for content about caravan maintenance. <laughs> False advertising. I, I, I will do it. Uh from what I understand, you wake up in the middle of the night around, and this is, okay, so he said something here, disclaimer, I'm not selling anything, I don't work in the sleep industry, I have nothing to gain from this, I just feel for people who are still going through what I went through. From what I understand, you wake up in the middle of the night around three or four. You can't go back to sleep, so you get up and do something. Well, that's not completely true. Um, I, I do sleep properly, it's just that I force myself to get up really early, uh, to work sometimes because it's hard with a kid and also as you'll hear now I'm quite I sound like Christopher Walken then for a minute now even I my mind works really well in the morning I'm more alive in the morning and I know some it's just a different type of sleep pattern and the thing is I do go to bed quite early so I will um, sometimes go to bed at like uh, 8 o'clock uh, mostly probably 9, 9.30. Then I might even have a nap during the day after I drop Luna at school. 
Um, not often, but I feel it works for me. But he suffered from this for about 25 years before he found out what worked for him. So he had sleep problems. I fall asleep fairly quickly and easily, but wake up at three and four. I used to go, try to go back to sleep, but nothing worked. I tried all the usual advice, then I'd just get up and start my day. So I'd only get about five hours sleep a night. This is not enough and leads to all sorts of negative health effects. After 25 years, I now regularly get eight to nine hours sleep a night. This is because I have two sleeps. Oh, oh that makes sense. Well, that's kind of what I do, buddy. I, get, I do this as well. Approximately 10 p.m. to 3 a.m., 4 a.m., then 5 to 6 to 8 to 9. That makes sense, yeah. I can't do that, though, because I've got to drop the kids, but I get it. I start to naturally feel sleepy and I dripped off and I sleep uh, nine all night. Anyway, uh, yes, but I can't do that because I get up and... Yeah, he's written, um, I've got to get up and get the kids ready for school. I used to be dutiful like that too and put my sleep priorities below schoolwork and routines. Then I had a stroke. Ooh, okay, this gets more and more. So he was 48 years old and in relatively good health. Oh, damn it. I feel like reading this is going to cause a stroke. Obviously, the stroke causes were multifaceted, but sleep deprivation was part of it, as a lack of sleep is a known cause of high blood pressure. We'll get this, buddy. What's your name, man? Scott Wallace. Thank you for this. I um, did my, uh, my anal checkup, my annual checkup with my doctor last week and had the lowest blood pressure I've ever had. And my weight is maintaining... A, the lot one of the lowest weights I've had so yeah something's working for me I think it's the no booze um anyway so he's saying not disparaging my early morning uh, uh jumping in the rock pool but your body physiologically needs more sleep but yes I, I understand what you're saying here and uh, I would hate to have a stroke now and prove you're right I will, I will get more sleep. And I do sleep. Look, I do sleep and I will nap during the day. Uh, I'll have a little siesta. Not all the time, but sometimes. But I feel it because I'm going to bed really early that that does benefit. Let me do the maths here. So 9 to 10, 10 to 11, 11 to 12, 12 to 1, 1 to 2, 2 to 3, 3 to 4. Yeah, that's not enough at 7 hours. I should be um, doing, oh, I should be doing, I should go to bed at 8 o'clock with my daughter. That's what I should do. Okay. Hey, Sam, just listened to your latest podcast. i got to say, uh, whilst the two sausage guy was a dick, that was from last week's podcast, I think, um, the bigger dick was operating the barbecue. Yes, they had one job to do, cook the sausages and ensure there's cooked sausages for every customer. Two, if that's what they want. Uh, but they they got away. They, they just ran out of sausages. That's right. Anyway. Um, what? If you get a plum job of not dealing with the public, then you run out of cooked sausages, you're a dead set disgrace. You're also giving everyone else working with you the shits because they're dealing with disappointed people who just want a tasty snack. If you can't have the one thing you're selling, we might as well be at home um, not covered head to toe with grease and smelling like an onion. So, <laughs> sorry to download on you, but it got me triggered. I'm so sorry, Kerry. I triggered Kerry Flood. What's still one of my favourite names, Kerry. I know you've written him before. Uh, look, hey, it's getting ooh, it's getting beyond an hour now, so I'm going to cut it short. I'll read some more letters next week. Thank you so much. What's this one about? Oh, that's from Jimmy. Oh, yeah, sorry. Thanks, Jimmy, as well. Jimmy Barnes. Jimmy Barnes? What? Jamie Barnes. Uh, well, hey, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you to my Patreons. Uh, look forward to your tea towels. If you're in Sydney, I'll see you at the show on Saturday night. I'm really looking forward to it. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I'll probably speak to you sooner rather than later. Bye.